0: You're not too busy in the park, this way. So just sit back and I'm ready to play. Let me take your thoughts far far away. Now let's hear what God never has to say. We would be honored if he would join us.
1: <laughs> What's happening, Far, Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars Audio Archive. So how's everyone doing today? I hope everything is going well on your side of the galaxy. Nothing new going on out here in Outer Rim. Just waiting for the third season of The Mandalorian to get here. And we only got a little bit more time, but it seems like time is going so slow. Like the slowest it could possibly ever go. I'm so excited to see Mandalorian Season 3, and it just, just seems like time is standing still. Okay, anyway. Okay, I got a couple of announcements before we get to the news. First, this will be a short episode. I'm not feeling that well, so I'm keeping this one short. Second is, Lightsaber Radio is doing another watch party. And I know I announced this last week, but I want to keep you guys an update. So we have set a date, and we will be watching Attack of the Clones. And we'll be doing that on the 19th of this month at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 9.30 a.m. Pacific Time. And this isn't just any watch party. We will be watching this together on the same screen. None of that got to you know set up each time and coincide with everybody no we're gonna be watching this all on one screen everybody can be in the chat or joined in we figured out a way to make that happen so you don't want to miss out last time we had a lot of fellow fans join in and it was a lot of fun everybody got to put in their points of view and say the things that they liked and disliked about the movie you know certain parts and all this stuff it was just a lot of fun so we want you guys to join in so that will be on the 19th of this month I also wanted to remind everyone about the email we asked you to send in a couple weeks ago. We asked you to tell us your favorite part of the show. And so far, we have received almost 900,000 emails. So keep them coming. But please keep them short. We are trying to read as many as we can. We've actually got more people to come in and read these emails. And the long emails just take up too much time. So try to keep them short. Okay, the last thing we got before we get into the news, next season we are going back to the Old Republic era with Deceived by Paul S. Kim. I know I've announced this in the last couple episodes, but we've had a lot of people send in emails and they're asking if Revan is going to be in this book. And Revan is not in this book. Most of the Old Republic books are standalones. So there's no rightful place for them. We're just going off the timeline. This would be the next book within a timeline after Revan. But it actually happens like 200 years after Revin. So Jason has jumped on board to host and read this book. So it should be a great experience. However, it will all be dictated by you because these emails is going to let us know how we're going to do it. We're trying to get everything set up and get everything prepared to how we're going to run the show for season seven. So you're going to be able to dictate that by the listeners. Y'all going to tell us how y'all want us to run it. So shoot us those emails. Now, what do we have for news this weekend? The Mandalorian Season 3, Pedro Pascal teased about some epic battles with many Mandalorians. So Pedro was a guest on The Tonight Show last week to talk about The Last of Us. And in the conversation, the topic of Mandalorian Season 3 was brought up. While he couldn't say much about the new episodes, he hinted that we might be getting some heavy Mandalorian action, much like what the trailer indicates. When asked to provide more details on the third season, Pedro simply teased that there might be more than one battle featuring multiple Mandalorians. And this is what he said, this was his exact words. I will say that there will be more Mandalorians, a lot of them, big epic battles, plural, maybe. He then joked about Grogu won't be in the new season, because Disney couldn't figure out his contract. Before he said the few words about the baby's presence in the new season. He has been very good, he's still learning, teaching, protected, protecting. I think if I say any more, I'll be replaced. Like, not just as a Mandalorian, but as a human being in life. Their technology is so sophisticated, they'll just replace me with a different Pedro, which is super crazy that he even would say something like that. I know he was joking, but it's, it's super crazy. Pedro Pascal was not heavily involved in the filming of the third season, since the schedule coincided with his time shooting The Last of Us, meaning the heavy lifting on all set was done by his two stunt doubles, Brandon Wayne, the grandson of the Duke John Wayne, and Latif Crowder he might have been brought back during reshoots last summer if he had to film any scenes that might require the character to be maskless something that we already seen in season two and that might be just because he wasn't there he doesn't know that much so he can't really tell us a whole lot about what's going on if he wasn't even there for the filming which is kind of crazy when you think about it. the star of the show wasn't even there for filming of most of the show which i'm just saying is a little bit weird but anyway but the rest of the cast is also coming back from the previous seasons, as are executive producer John Farrow and Dave Filoni. The former wrote all eight episodes, with the latter co writing two of them. Neither are directing any episodes this time around, though instead, Bryce Dallas Howard, Rick Flamino, Carl Weathers, Rachel Morrison, Lee Isaac Chung, and Peter Ramsey will all be directing episodes of season three. The Mandalorian returns on March 1st with brand new episodes. You can check out the full Pedro Pasco interview somewhere on YouTube. I'm pretty sure you can find it there. Now let's get back to the story of Brotherhood. Because when we left off last time, Obi-Wan had just hidden his lightsaber and surrendered himself to the Nymordians. So let's see what new excitement will happen next.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. And yet again, Anakin chose to ignore it. Shouldn't you check that? Mill asked. It's beeped six times now. Seven times, actually. The first time Mill had been in the back, trying to learn how to speak astromech with R2-D2. They tunneled through hyperspace, the swirling, bright mix of blue and white flashing over the cockpit. Going through hyperspace in a small freighter with questionable integrity, made for a completely different experience for the youngling. And though Anakin relished feeling the rattle of the deck plates and the rumble of the propulsion systems, the difference between official Republic equipment and the way everyone else lived caught Mill off guard. It's nothing, Anakin said. Beeping usually indicates something... Mill leaned forward over Anakin's shoulder and squinted. Bad, right? In this case, it was bad. But not bad like mechanical failure or low fuel. This was a comm signal, and though Anakin wouldn't know who it was exactly until he opened a channel, he had a sneaking suspicion that it came from a clone commander. That was the problem with making it up as he went along. Most of the practical logistics simply never came up, Obi-Wan had plans built upon strategies, built upon guidelines, even when he had to come up with something on the fly. Padme worked much in the same way, and Chancellor Palpatine, well, he wouldn't have gotten to where he was today if he hadn't set up his plans in advance. The three most important people in Anakin's life all worked efficiently and methodically. And then there was him like the Sun at the center of that solar system, pulling them all out of balance with his impulse-driven decisions. Padme never gave him grief about it, but he started to recognize what her half-smiles meant when an idea popped into his head. Obi-Wan, on the other hand, always made a comment at the end. It usually came as a one-two punch, the first hit being a scold for not listening, The second being astonishment for Anakin pulling off whatever little miracle he'd attempted. And on very rare occasions, Obi-Wan would follow that with a bit of gratitude. That is relative, Anakin said. Is this something I'll learn as a Padawan? Not likely. How much pilot training do you have? Mill's head tilted and she raised one eyebrow. Okay, fair point. Well, every control panel is different, but there are a lot of similarities. The beeping started again. A simple red light flashing over the navigational chart. Like that particular beeping light? That's someone trying to reach us over the ship's comms. Someone? You mean, most likely, Anakin said. It makes sense. I mean, the 302nd and Durbin weren't exactly going to ignore that we didn't come back. I thought you took care of that. I, uh, may have skipped that part of my plan. Hey! Anakin said, pointing at her with a laugh. You were supposed to go back to the cruiser. I just made up the rest as I went along. They must have figured out who we bartered with and gotten the ship's comm codes so maybe just tell them what we're doing the clones listen to you that was true ever since attaining the rank of jedi knight the clones had fallen into place and even if durbin was involved perhaps some blustery vague talk could temporarily smooth it over okay anakin said let's try it your way he clicked the flashing button and a small beam shot up above the console, the holographic image forming into existence. Anakin's hopes lay with Theo, Raptor, or Sparks, but a worst-case scenario of an annoyed Durban when heard was doable. What he got, though, moved the needle beyond
1: worst-case scenario.
0: Skywalker, the voice said with a familiar disdain before the image fully assembled. Where are you? Master Windu, Mill said with a gasp. Anakin resisted his urge to roll his eyes. Master Windu, Anakin kept his tone flat and diplomatic. The typical default he reverted to whenever talking to any Jedi, even Obi-Wan. Though their last few conversations felt like they'd started to evolve past that. I'm sorry, your transmission broke up. Skywalker, repeat your destination. Which he couldn't reveal. He couldn't even play coy with it. The smallest hint would likely push the Council towards suspecting his destination. With Obi-Wan in a dangerous situation, and any word of Republic involvement likely to dial tensions up even further, the Senate, Chancellor, and Jedi all had to stay out of this. Not just for Obi-Wan's sake, for the sake of a war that threatened to spiral out of control. He needed to think fast. We're on our way to... he let his words fade out while he rotated the small knob for the comms frequency stabilizer. There's a lot of interference right now. Uh, Ion storms. But I have the youngling Mill Alabeth with me. She is safe. I'll check in as soon as we land. What was that? Anakin twisted the knob again. Static interrupting the signal and causing the lines to jab in and out of Mesa's hologram. Over his shoulder, Mill laughed and Anakin turned to shoot her a be quiet glass. Not out of scolding, but to keep up appearances. But they locked eyes, and her grin became infectious. So much so that he put his gloved hand over his mouth to prevent his near-laugh from transmitting across the galaxy to the Jedi Order's most revered fighter. Because even though Anakin excelled at improvising under duress, that applied only to combat situations. In this case, his actions came off as no more than a childhood prank on the Jedi's most powerful warrior. Which was pretty funny in itself. Repeat your destination. Understood, Master. He let go of the knob and the transmission stabilized. I have the youngling, Mill Alabath, with me. She is safe. Please send my apologies to the 302nd and Durbin when heard. We got pulled away after discovering an urgent issue on Langston, and this ship's comms aren't stable. Skywalker, where are you going? Mace Windu always spoke with quiet intensity, but now, the venerable Jedi Master's frustration manifested into an emerging growl. In all of the challenges that Mace had faced down recently, From taking down Jango Fett with a single lightsaber swipe, to staring down an overwhelming wave of super battle droids on Dantooine, he'd done so with such calm and control. And yet here, a simple calm trick managed to get under his skin. Anakin gave himself a silent pat on the back. He'd definitely have to tell Padme about this. Assuming they all survived. Commander Theo, Mace said to a clone off camp. Get me a tracking lock on this transmission. By the way, sir! The clone responded. We're hitting a huge iron storm now. I will check in as soon as I Anakin cut off the transmission there. Mace's burning eyes and tight scowl suddenly disappearing. For several seconds, the only sound in the ship. Came from the frequent rattling of deck plates, a regular tink 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 that tapped an almost musical pattern as the ship flew through the brilliant tunnel of hyperspace. Finally, Mill broke the silence. Well, she said. Anakin looked up to see the whites of light speed reflecting off her tan cheeks and pale horns. That didn't go good. Don't worry, Anakin said. You're not in trouble. If anything, I'm going to be the one in trouble. But that's all right. The panel showed the NaviComputer's flight path to Kato Nemoria. About half a day's journey left, though possibly longer, given that the shuttle might fly apart at any minute. I'm used to it. R2-D2 rolled in behind them, whistling a lecture at him. Takes one to know one, R2. The droid whistled in return before swiveling its head and looking at Mill. Are assignments always like this? Mill asked as she settled into the passenger seat. I don't know, Anakin said. He leaned back into his seat, the torn leather crinkling as he sank into the worn padding. I've only been a Jedi Knight for a short time. R2? R2 R2-D2 beeped, this time without the sass. Show us everything you know about Neimodia. An affirmative series of chirps came through, followed by a hollow projection of the planet. The console beeped again. An incoming transmission that Anakin didn't dare answer. He reached over to mute it, and as he did, he noticed some of Langston's blue sand was still stuck in the straps of his glove. Sand. It got everywhere. The beeping continued. Anakin could only assume that it was Master Windu, who had more than enough patience to keep this up for the entire duration of their journey. But even if he realized their ultimate destination as Kato Nemoidea, the Council would abide by mission parameters and avoid any confrontations. That was the difference between them and Anakin. Anakin smirked at such a thought he clicked the button to the left of the flashing indicator, setting the Norikers' incoming transmissions to silent, for now. Consequences could be dealt with upon returning to Coruscant. But with Master Windu already irritated, they'd better save Obi-Wan, because if they came back empty-handed, it might be worse than losing his arm.
1: Okay, this part starts with Anakin flying by the seat of his pants again. He is making it up as he goes along, but there is a snag along the way, a constant beeping from the ship's console, a beeping that Miss Alabeth points out. Anakin tries to explain the situation without giving too much away, but after some back and forth, he activates the comm, and to his surprise, it is Jedi Master Maze Windu, asking him what his location was. This stopped Anakin in his track, so he had to think fast. Then he started to twist the comm stabilizer, nah, this caused the signal to go in and out, which I'm pretty sure made Mace mad. Anakin and Mill are trying hard not to laugh. I think the best piece of this part, I can imagine what Mace's face looked like, and he was steaming, his cool demeanor fading away as he starts raising his voice. I can truly picture this all in my head. But this is when Anakin cuts off the transmission, and Mill thinks that she's gonna get in trouble. Anakin lets her in on a secret. He's going to be the one in trouble, She won't be punished for any of this. But he knows if he doesn't save Obi-Wan, he will be in some big doo-doo. And that's where this part left off. So let's get to the quote of this week. And it comes to us from Confucius. He said, It does not matter how slow you go, as long as you do not stop. This motivational quote emphasizes the significance of persistence and determination in realizing our objectives. Despite the pace of our progress being slow, it's still progress as long as we persist and never give up. Consistency is key, not speed. We should not be discouraged by the rate of progress, but instead concentrating on maintaining forward momentum. The journey to reach our destination is like a marathon, where the winner is not necessarily the fastest runner, but the one who reaches the finish line. Therefore, don't worry about the speed of progress, but instead focus on never stopping with unwavering determination and perseverance. We will eventually attain our desired outcome. This inspiring quote reminds us that even if progress is slow, it is important to keep pushing ahead. Don't compare yourself to others and don't be bogged down by the speed of your journey. Concentrate on your own progress and keep moving forward step by step. Stay determined and never give up. Success will eventually be yours. And that's all we have for today. Join us next time for part 34 of Star Wars Brotherhood. We hope to see you there. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shed and is a production of Pick Film Media and was distributed by Sway Cast Networks. This show was produced by Quinn McDaniel. Star Wars Brotherhood was read to you by Jason O'Dagan. Sound designed by Theodore Thompson. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.